0: Hey, Michael, this is Tony Taylor calling from uh, White Rock, BC, Canada.
1: Hi, Michael, it's Dawn Barry from Sunridge, Ontario, Canada.
0: Just wanted to touch in and let you know how much I really enjoyed being on your podcast, The Tangled Mind. It was an amazing opportunity to be able to share with your audience, to be able to share with you and to uh, collaborate, and when we do that, it makes a big difference to somebody somewhere in the world. Welcome back to another episode of the Tangled Mind Podcast, a platform that I'm providing people with mental health issues or even family members to come along, talk about whatever they want, whenever they want, and see if we can help other people out from all around the world. On this week's episode, we've got Hannah. Um, She's going to be talking to us about what her family's been through and going through um, from the husband's side of it. So here goes. How are you?
1: Yeah, good. Thank you. Um, so, yeah, my name's Hannah. Um, I My husband's called James and we have two children, 12 and 10. Um, I am self-employed. I work from home. Um, I run a virtual assistant business online, um, which is... Going quite well, luckily for me, um, and yeah. So, my my husband um, suffers with his mental health, um, and has done for a few years now. Um, I think it kind of stems back from when my daughter, who's now twelve, was three. Um, she had a febrile convulsion, um, and if you don't know what that is, it's where um, a child's temperature spikes really, really quickly, and they have a fit. Um, so she was literally in his arms fitting at the time. And it went on for probably about a minute. Um, he, he would say that it was longer, um, but it, it, it really wasn't that, that much longer. Um, and then once it stopped, she literally, her body just completely was wiped out. Um, so we ended up spending the day in hospital. Um, obviously your fears are that it's gonna happen again, although the hospital said it was unlikely. Um, she was at the age where um, children can be prone to um, febrile convulsions, because um, it's the only way that their bodies can deal with their temperature spiking so much. Um, so that was quite a stressful weekend. Um, and he wanted to have, to have some time off work, and the assistant manager, um, who was the boss's son, basically said no. Um, so he drove into work completely and emotionally exhausted to find out that they didn't actually need him at work Um, and he basically sent his boss a text message saying that he could no longer work with his son and that he wanted to hand his notice in Um, and they accepted the text message which I've got a HR recruitment background and I realised that they wasn't supposed to do that. Someone from HR should have contacted him and given him forty-eight hours to basically say, you know, is this really what you want to do? He'd been with the company for over seventeen years, um, so they went about it completely incorrectly. Um, and he sh- should have taken the company to court because um, of co- constructive dismissal, but he didn't. Um, and then we kind of fell into money troubles, um, and you know, he—I mean, he went out in temp, He did some temporary driving. Etc., um, But then, you know, we fell back on our mortgage. So the pressure got even more um, tight. I mean, I was self-employed as well. So, you know, I wasn't actually, I, I was uh, bringing a wage in, but it wasn't a regular wage. Um, so I think that is where his mind started to, mm, what's the word, go, I can't think of the word, but that's. I think that's the start of his journey with his mental health. Yes. Um, uh, he, but he was fine, you know. But I think that's where it stems back to. You know, there's always something that where it where it stems back to, and I think that that's the moment where it happened. So the next couple of years were quite tough, um, and he just kept saying, "Oh, we just need a break. We just need a break." And then once I just exploded and said, uh, "Well, you had you could have had a break, but you chose not to take it." Um, and that wound him up so that was like a trigger point and we had a massive massive argument and I said like you need to go to the doctor Um, so this was probably about well Ella would have been five so seven years ago Um, and he went to the doctor the doctor um, prescribed him some antidepressants he went to counselling he had three counselling sessions but at that point I don't think he actually realised that there was anything wrong um, and I don't, he wasn't ready to open up. He wasn't ready to talk. So I don't think he got much out of the counselling back then. And um, after three sessions, the counsellor basically said, well, well, that's it, Yeah, you've had your three sessions and um, basically it didn't go any further. Um, but gradually, gradually over time, he he's just got worse and worse. Um, and now he is a manager, um, and he deals with everybody else's issues and problems, but he takes them on board. So he he deals with them like they're his problems and that's not helping. Um, he, he has real bad trigger points now where noises, like loud noises, and he's got to the point where he can't handle people walking behind him or, um, you know, he'll say that people just annoy him he just doesn't like people um whereas you know he is a fun loving person and does enjoy socializing with our friends um but is very conscious of the fact that um he I think he doesn't he feels like he doesn't want to manage people anymore um and he actually had a conversation with a counselor yesterday um which did him a load of good because what he He listened to him, took everything on board, and I think now James is open to talking um and knowing that actually he doesn't need to feel this way, and how can he get himself back to normal, that he's he's actually talking to people um and that and he's right starting to write things down as well. Um, but it's been a very long journey, um if you think Ella's now twelve. So this all started like nine years ago, and we've come to the point where he's been signed off work. Um, He doesn't want to be signed off work, but he doesn't want doesn't think he can face going into work either. So it's uh, it's quite it's quite a journey. And obviously, when we had lockdown, he was absolutely fine and dealt with it brilliantly because everything he wanted to do that he couldn't do he didn't have any control over anyway so he dealt with it absolutely fine um and he they were skeleton staff so there was eight staff in um and they would do uh, every other day so um he wasn't working full-time um whilst everyone else has been furloughed on 90 percent of a wage and not doing anything um But then as we've come out of lockdown and things have started to get back to normal and people have started to come back to work, that's where his stress levels have like, just expanded so much. And I think it's just hit him like a bus. Um, And he just can't, he can't, his mind can't uh, process it anymore, I don't think. Um, So he, so I've had the kids off for six months they've gone back to school. And now I've got James off. So and it's putting a lot of pressure on me, my productivity is down. Um, I'm, you know, not focusing as much as what I should be, because I'm worried about him. And, you know, he will be asking me questions every five minutes. So it's like, well, what are you doing for breakfast? What are we having for lunch? Are you busy today? What are you doing? Oh, don't forget to do this. Don't forget to do that. And it's like, oh, I I feel like I need some space as well. Um I think that's
0: so. I think that's the thing with and that's one of the reasons why me and my mum do what we do with obviously mm-hmm. I've got the podcast and my mum's got yeah um Beyond the Elder Road. And I think yeah that's the reason why we do what we do because obviously everything that's going off with my dad, as is I'm sure you're well aware, yeah. There's there's a lot of pressure on my mum to look after the girls and make sure the girls are all right, but make sure dad's all right as well. Obviously, I live up here in Nottingham, so I am like nearly just under three hundred miles away. So it, it, then, for me, we we as the family members need the support just as much as the person that is struggling does, and that's yeah. why that's why it's like net on Friday. Um, this, week, this week at 6 o'clock, me and my mum, we've set up an online peer-to-peer group where anyone can just come on and talk about their own experiences. Just in like a Zoom like this, not recorded, mm-hmm. literally just we're all just going to come on, talk about what we, what it is that's going off in the world, like whether it's COVID that's affecting them. We've even said that if people want to come on, don't actually want to talk, they can just listen to what everybody else has got to say so they can see that they're not on their own. Yeah. and there isn't and that, there isn't that support network for us
1: no and, and actually that's how I met your mum um, through a support group that Gemma had put together minds matter I think it was I suppose, um, yeah. and um, I went to be able to see how what I need to do to change and I think that was the beginning of my journey a couple of years ago um, you know, changing my language, how I, how I speak to him, how I approach certain situations. Yeah. Um, and, you know, and, and that helped me massively. Um, and, and then someone recommended a book, um, Living with a Black Dog. And I gave it, I, I read it first. Um, and it's a really good book. It's written by a husband and wife. Um, and I gave it to him and he's like, oh, I'm the black dog, am I? So immediately he's negative thinking about it. And I said, no, 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 you just need to read the book. And he, it's a short book. It literally takes about 20 minutes. Um, he read the book and he's like, All "Right. now I know I'm not on my own. Now I know what I'm feeling is, is, is not normal, but normal. It's okay. Um, and I think that was the beginning of his journey, being able to think that actually I am okay, yeah. but I'm not okay, but I'm all right, but I can start talking about it. And he has actually written stuff down. He's sent it to his family. So his family understand how he's feeling as well. So he's really starting to open up. Um, but I definitely think that that group helped me change the way I am to help support him and, and help him see that, you know, yeah, he is a little bit poorly, um, but we'll work through it together.
0: I think it, it, with mental health, obviously, yes, all of this COVID-19 uh, isn't helping. And since the start of, obviously, COVID, things like the suicide rates and all of that, they have gone up massively. The the stats are just ridiculous. But at the same time, we've all got to be there to support each other. You, you're supporting him. My mum's supporting my dad there's online support groups obviously that we've set up i think it is a case of everybody's got to sort of chip together to work away and i think once you're you've got that support network around you things will start to ease up and at that at that book you're on about have you seen the uh, the video on youtube that the black dog I no my, i haven't my mum I'm sure it's called the Black Dog. So quick, look. my mum was looking at it the other day. Yeah, it's called it. Um, it's a it's only a five, four minute video, but it's I have a black dog. His name was Depression.
1: Right. Okay.
0: Um. But it's it's uh put on by the the World Health Organization. Hmm. Um and it's when you sit there and listen to it, it's like oh yeah it's it, it's home yeah um how how have how has it affected you obviously with covid and your mental wellbeing do you
1: know um <coughs> I so I'm a single child um, and I've always dealt with stuff by myself. My parents weren't really around much when I was growing up. Um, so I would always go back to an empty house. So if I had a good day, I didn't have anyone to tell. If I had a bad day, I didn't have anyone to tell. And I think over the last sort of five five years or so, I've learned that actually I can speak out. Um, and there are people that are willing to listen to, to me um, and I, um, I'm a, a networking leader for um, a uh, networking group called Mums in Business, and um, we, it's helped me develop myself, and I've, it's a, it's a closed group, so a little bit similar to yourself, you can go and, and talk to people, so it's a networking group, so you do support your businesses, but actually it's more about supporting people's mental health, and their wellbeing mm. and helping them grow as people. Um, and that that has helped me tremendously. So that that gave me um, the ability to go to Minds Matter and actually step out of my comfort zone um, and actually talk about the fact that, I think at what, the first time I went up there, I was um, talking about the fact that I was going to my cousin's wedding and my mum was gonna be there. Me and my mum don't, don't really have a very good relationship. And I was really worried about it. Um, but and for the first time in, I don't know, in, in most of my life, I, I actually sat there and spoke about the fact that my mum was going to be at this wedding and how it was, you know, I was worried about it and I didn't really want to see her. And I was thinking about the complications about, you know, if we all have too much to drink and we have an argument and we ruin my cousin's wedding and stuff like that. And actually I felt found, found myself relieved that I had that space. And I've never really thought that, you know, my mental health is, is uh, that I have any issues. But actually, I think probably we all have a little bit of anxiety and uh, fear about certain things. It's how we deal with it. Um, and I've, I've definitely learned to talk out and speak out to people, um, which has helped me. Um, Saturday, my husband had a, a, not a meltdown, but had a, a moment, a trigger moment and we were um, down in Nuki and I, I had to take myself out for a walk um, and I was lucky enough that my best mate had 10 minutes before she was uh, going out for dinner and um, it made me feel so much better that I was able to, so I, sometimes I just think I don't want to bother people, people are busy, they've got their own stuff to deal with, you know, um, and and I kind of put it out there in, in this group um, that, you know, living with somebody that has mental health pretty sucks if you've got no one to turn to um, and basically put it out there that, you know, this is what happened to me tonight. Um, but I just want you to know that if any of you need to talk, I'm here. You know, just drop me a message and I'll, and I'll pick up the phone because mm. I know what it's like going through something like that by yourself. Um, and I know the benefits of being able to talk to somebody about it um, but it's been a massive learning curve for me. Um, you know, it, it, it has to, to actually think, that actually, I can't deal with this by myself, and I need some additional support. Um, it's, it was a hard, it's a hard lesson to learn, I think, when you're used to just doing stuff by yourself and coping by yourself. Um, and I think quite possibly, I don't know whether it's the COVID or whether it's Jane's But my anxiety, I think, you know, I wake up at three, four o'clock in the morning and my mind's going busy and I can't sleep, but I don't really know why. And I think that um, my anxiety is definitely getting a little bit worse, but I know that I can talk to people about it. So I'm dealing with it and I'm talking to people um, and it's definitely helping, definitely helping being with other people.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think with any form of mental health, whether it is anxiety, depression, whatever it may be, eating disorders, it, talking is the best thing you can do. Even if it's just express trying to express your feelings, because a lot of people, a lot of people nowadays, even just in general, people don't seem to express their emotions. No. And I think what if you've got some, even if you've not got somebody to talk to, like you were saying about, um, James being, a, being able to write stuff down, journaling is is one of the best things. Because I think there's a guy, um, he lives, I want to say Portsmouth. Yeah, Portsmouth. Um, what the bloody hell is his name now? Daniel Thompson. Um, he, he his journal so every day he writes the same thing down. so he'll write down his anxiety, his depression and then he'll break what it is for the day out of 10. So if it's really bad obviously it'll be a 10. If it's not if it's bad but it's not so bad it'll be seven, six he'll write it down. But he on Insta, he's actually put it. He he actually put it on Instagram a couple of weeks ago. Uh, Daniel Thompson, but it's it is a great way to be able to sort of keep 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 track on your own mind if you don't feel like you can, like I said, do it yourself, um, and feel like you can talk out to people.
1: Yeah, and, and that's um my my husband took himself off Facebook because of the negativity of people. Um he is back on it now, um literally just for because we were getting a rescue dog. Um and he just wanted to like look at um charities and stuff. So he is back on it, not as himself. Um he is on Instagram, um, so he does follow people. So I'll get him to follow um Daniel Thompson as well because that will help him. Um, reading that he's not on his own, and I think that that is the main thing, isn't it? Like, regardless of how bad your mental health is, um, whether it's slight or whether it's you know massive, it, you're not on your own. And being able to speak out, I mean, I think a lot of it is embarrassment as well. You're you're embarrassed to say, Do you know what, my my mind's not quite right, and I don't really know how to deal with it. Yeah. Um, And that's what stops a lot of people speaking out, I think, because um, they're just generally embarrassed because they don't... I mean, like I say, James is on week six of being off work. None of our friends know. Um, He hasn't told anybody. His parents know. His brother knows. um, But he hasn't hasn't wanted to speak about it to anybody else. And I think he just doesn't want...
0: One of the things with my dad when he was signed off, he always worried about what work we're going to say when he went back yeah what how's James feeling about that how's James felt about obviously because obviously being signed off work he's had to tell work what it is so what what have they you know what how have they been
1: his his boss has been absolutely amazing um his boss has been really really good so when he wrote um wrote down this um how he was feeling about a week or so ago he actually sent it to his boss um and his his boss just said you know you've got you can't there's no point you coming back until you're 100 um and you know we're here for you we'll do whatever we can for you he's had a couple of text messages from people at work um one of his um drivers bumped into his mum and you know said I've been through it, I know what he's going through, tell him that we're all rooting for him, et cetera. Um, And yeah, so they have been really supportive. Um, I just think there's there's just a couple of people, I think that handle certain situations quite stressy, and that's what he's not looking forward to going back. He's not looking forward to going back to um, dealing with other people's stress. What is he does? does,
0: it does? Yeah, yeah. What is it he does? He's,
1: he's, a, he's a manager of um, a car parts firm. Yeah. So he manages people um, and he does, just doesn't think that he can do it anymore. Um, and I think, you know, the counselor that he spoke to yesterday said that, um, you know, we will work this out and we can work this out, but it might take four to six weeks. And then James is like, his main concern is, well... I need to go back to work because i need the money i yeah. you know um if, if i'm on statutory sick pay i can't afford to pay my mortgage i can't afford to do this and you know and it the financial implications are um upon us again like we've literally just got out of the financial implications we had when he lost his job yeah and now we're back to kind of square one again you know it's um and I think that's probably not helping my anxiety because I feel like I'm the one that has to sort that that side of things out, so he doesn't have to worry about it. Um, so yeah, it's uh, well, we've got a roof over our head. So as long as we can keep the roof over our head, as far as I'm concerned, that's us winning. Um, but he will think different. He will think differently about that kind of situation.
0: I think as <clears throat> as long as you you both got that support and. At the end of the day, financial uh, financially, that's the biggest thing that gets a lot of people down. It's like, I, I know f- for my dad, when he was signed off the last time, he, he, he was like, I'm going back to work. I'm just going back to work. I don't care whether I'm signed off. I'm going back because we need the money. And I don't know whether it's... Uh, A a men's thing or whatever it is, but I'm the same. Like at the minute, Olivia, my fiance, for the past year, she's not been at work because we had a baby. Mm -hmm. And obviously, for me, I was the assistant manager. I worked for Ren Kitchens. So I was an assistant manager at Ren Kitchens. And my my money was good, but it wasn't as good as it used to be when I was a designer. And it, it got to a point where I didn't want the stress or the the pressure of being the manager anymore. So I stepped down to being a designer again. I don't feel as much pressure now because I'm earning 1,500 quid a month more. But at the same time, having to make sure that I'm bringing in enough money to feed the baby, run the car, pay for the bills and all of that, I know she's, she will go back to work. She's already said she's going to go back to work, but automatically there's that little bit of pressure for me to make sure that I'm earning enough money to support the household, if that makes sense. Yeah. And I think.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely.
0: I just think it's. And I
1: think you're right. It is a man thing because he has said, you know, um, it's my job. It's my job to support my wife and family. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you know it's a major major change in in everything when you become a parent because you know I I could live off beans on toast for a week if I wanted to it wouldn't you know no skin off my nose um but when you, when you become a parent formula if you're not breastfeeding nappies baby grows they grow so quickly constantly having to buy new clothes um I mean Ella's Ella's almost as big as me now at twelve. I'm only five foot three, so I'm quite dinky. Um, <laughs> and she's like, "So have you got a long sleeve top that I can borrow?" "No, no, 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 no." When did you start wearing my clothes? No. But actually, you know that that's how it that's how it kind of works now. You know, it's like well, actually, if I've got a long sleeve top, it means I don't have to buy you one, so you can borrow mine if you want it. Do you know? And it's like it it, it is stressful. Um, you know and they get into the point where they get they want branded products so you know we bought her a pair of vans for her birthday 65 quid because she's a size four so they stopped doing children's sizes at size two i'm like i've got a pair of converse that i got that are children's and they only cost me 35 pound and i'm a size four so what what, where where is the you know it's just crazy crazy um
0: my mom my mom says exactly the same thing she was like like my sister Beth, the young, the, well, the youngest one of us, she she's obsessed with vans now. Uh, it was her 18th birthday yesterday, and like she's she's got vans and all of this. And my mom's said it before. She's like, "Well, when what what happened to the days where I could just go get your clothes from George Asda? <laughs> <laughs>
1: Can't do it anymore. And not only that they're pink suede as well so it's like great so they're going to be needing to be protected you know obviously living in devon it rains a lot they're the ones um, Bash just you know. got as
0: well the, the pink suede oh, really? but, yeah.
1: yeah it's like crazy um but we want to be able to you know i i grew up not really having much and i want to i want to make sure that my children have everything they want without being spoiled you know yeah um and like I said earlier, it's my son's birthday today. He he's in double figures now. And he really wanted this bike. Um, and we did everything in our power to make sure that he got the bike. You know, we eBayed, we did stuff. Um, and it meant that he got a couple of little tiny presents to open, but he's got he's got a mountain bike that he really wanted. Um the only thing is is that the seat's too high, so he couldn't ride it to work, couldn't ride it to school. Um, so we're having to sort that out. But you know, it, it you just do do whatever you can to make sure that they have everything that they want, but without them being ungrateful and just expecting it. You know, it's like even going out for fish and chips that that's like thirty odd quid for us now because mm. they have full portions, they have big portions, and it's like crikey, we can't just go to the chippy anymore for for a nice little snack because. Everyone wants cod and chips and it's going to cost us about 30 or quid. I could make cod and chips at home for a fiver, you know, but it just doesn't taste the same and it doesn't have the same sort of feeling around it. Um, But it is difficult. It Mm. is difficult. And when, you know, you've got that added pressure of supporting everybody, I mean, we've got a puppy as well now, so um we rescued him so and um, that was supposed to help james's mind so he could go on the moors with the dog you know so exactly the walks. same as what my dad did yeah the puppy doesn't like going out for a walk <laughs> so um <laughs> we, we got i sort of defeats dog. the object <laughs> yeah, i know we got a rescue dog that hadn't seen a lead for the first six months of his life and he's like you know and actually he does he does enjoy it we've had him for three months now he does he goes absolutely crazy when he sees his lead but he'll be five minutes in. It's like, right, I want to go home now. Um, so it's, it's quite difficult. They're both kind of teaching each other, you know. Um, and But he's, he's upstairs with James now. He's, like, laying on the bed with him. So, you know, he obviously knows, he senses that he needs him. Um, he just, we just need to train him to want to walk. <laughs> yeah.
0: Before we before we like wrap things up then, what, yeah. what what advice have you got for people that are going through similar thing to, to you, obviously, being the the wife of somebody that's struggling?
1: Um you, you know what, it's hard. You're gonna have times where you just need to have space and you need to like I and that is normal. Don't feel guilty about needing your own space because you to be able to deal with somebody else who is going through um mental health issues, you have to look after yourself. Um, lots of people have said to me, on what are you doing for your self-care? You know, you're taking on all these other responsibilities, what are you doing for yourself? Um, and you have to learn to switch off. I I I take myself out for long walks. Um, I'm really lucky where I live in Devon, but we've got loads of lanes around us. So I can go out for a good um, hour, hour and a half walk, I can go and sit by the river, which is really calming for me. I find the, the sound of water really calming. Um, just make sure you look after yourself and don't forget to put yourself first. And, and you will feel guilty about it, but you need to do it for yourself because otherwise you're gonna bring yourself down and you're not gonna be able to um, support your partner Um, as much as what you'd want to you have to make sure that you look after yourself as well Um, even if it means taking yourself out and sitting in the car for 20 minutes and reading a book you know it's just taking yourself away from the situation and giving yourself time because you have to fill your own cup you can't keep topping up everyone else's cup if your cup is empty so definitely make sure you look after yourself and have those selfish moments where you know you do need to have some time for yourself um and it is difficult at the moment because we're looming another lockdown we don't know what we can do we don't know where we can go um and you know just just yeah just take some time out for yourself and make sure you look after yourself and top your cup up on a regular basis even if it is just taking yourself a walk around the block every day
0: well I just want to say, obviously, thank you for coming on and talking about it and letting other people Thanks. know that they they're not they're going through the same thing. They're not on their own. Um, yeah,
1: thank you for having me.